about entertainment, sports, music and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad that you could join us today. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome everybody to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda. And this is going to be a special bonus episode that we release on Thursday, August the 4th. This is part two of my conversation with Eddie Ramirez. Uh, this, in this part of our conversation, we're going to be discussing uh, summer blockbusters, past and present, uh, all the movies that we've enjoyed over the years and the fun times we've had going to the theater. I do want to make a quick correction from the previous episode. Uh, I made a mistake when it comes to comic book news, and uh, that's unheard of of me <laughs> to make such mistakes. I definitely want to make sure I get all my facts straight, especially if I'm going to be doing a comic book themed episode with my good friend Peter Haugi uh, very shortly. Uh, the Daredevil Born Again comic book series was not written by Neil Gaiman. It was written by Frank Miller. So I wanted to make that correction so that uh, any comic book fans who are also fans of my podcast listening will understand that yes i didn't make a mistake i apologize and don't come at me <laughs> okay so here we go this is uh part two of my conversation with eddie ramirez discussing uh summer blockbusters past and uh okay so if we're we're done with uh, comic-con news i wanted to jump into some movie summer movie talk with you eddie okay Okay, very cool. So um, I always just like to reflect on, you know, movies that I've seen before. And it's kind of fun that after the fact, do some research about it. And with the internet, like facts can be so readily available for a lot of these movies that we loved as kids growing up. So I wanted to yeah, talk about some of my favorite summer movies. I mean, uh, just in the interest of time, I mean, I, I only kind of narrowed it down to three, even though there's like tons of summer movies that I could probably pick that I enjoyed watching in the theater. And of course, I definitely want to hear some of your favorites as well. So anything you want yeah. to share about that? So the, the first one I wanted to talk about was the movie The Rocketeer. Uh, I don't know if that, that one made oh, a little older enough. You've seen that one before. I've seen it, but okay. not in theaters. I saw that definitely uh, on TV a lot. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's on Disney Plus now, so people who want to watch it. Um, it came out the summer of 1991. So I would have been 10 years old, uh, turning 11 that summer, uh, starring uh, uh, Billy Campbell, Jennifer Conley, Timothy Dalton, Terry O'Quinn. Who played the real life uh, version of uh, uh, Howard Hughes, you know, the, the famous aviator. Yeah. So it's a really cool story that it's kind of based. There, there's some similarities between this and Captain America because it's the same director, uh, Joe Johnston, uh, the same time frame, roughly from like, you know, uh, the Rocketeer was like in the late 30s before the US had entered World War II. Captain America is obviously during World War II. Right. Uh, the musical score is very kind of like reminiscent of each other, like very, uh, like majestic, like you know the that that feel of like great, greatest generation era music. So it's a really cool, fun movie uh, based on a comic book series too, not Marvel or DC, but it is based on a comic book series. So oh, those rare IPs that's not part of the bigger, yeah. <laughs> and then just a fun fact about that movie: so Timothy Dalton, you know, really awesome, uh, a former James Bond himself, uh, plays the villain in the movie. Uh, again, spoilers for a movie that's really old, but in case people just wanted to hear this fun fact about the movie, uh, he is playing a, a Hollywood actor who is uh, actually secretly a spy for the Nazis. And his character was loosely based on the Hollywood actor Errol Flynn, who played uh, uh, Robin Hood in The Adventures of Robin Hood way back like in the 30s, I think. Uh, apparently, that uh, actor uh, Errol Flynn had also been accused of being a secretly a Nazi spy. And uh, he, huh. he died without his name being cleared, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Whoa. 
Yeah, there's a little, little crazy fun That's fact cool. about that movie. Yeah. That was so his name was eventually cleared, but only after he said was died. so new. I'm like, whoa, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to like actually like follow up on that on my own. Yeah, so The Rocketeer definitely is a, a really cool movie you can catch on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the next one I wanted to discuss is Men in Black. So I was actually curious for you, Eddie, uh, yes. ever since the whole fiasco with the Oscars, has your opinion changed on Will Smith? I mean, you, you still enjoy his movies or what do you think about Will Smith now? I mean, now going forward, post slap, like post blip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my, my opinion will change of how I am receptive to him. But we can't erase everything before that slap. Like, mm-hmm. I have great memories of his movies. Actually, on my list, I, I mean, I had six movies. One of them is Independence Day. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, that was, like, the biggest movie for me. Like, because it was just, like, I grew up watching Fresh Prince. And then I see him in theaters. And it was, like, right at a perfect time of, like, you know, like, your preteen, teenage. And it's, like, bam. Independence Day and it's like wow like so I can't erase that I'm never gonna like dishonor my good memories of that just because it's Will Smith like mm-hmm. hell like I mean I'll, I'll throw it out there right now like Chris Brown I love a lot of his music I mean but they had that Rihanna thing mm-hmm. but did I keep listening to his music afterwards not really because of that mm-hmm. but before that I loved his music so it's just one of those things where when you're ignorant is bliss a little bit mm-hmm. but once you kind of move the veil and it's like whoa okay hold up so that's how it is like a kind of my overall feel like maybe going forward i may not uh be as receptive but maybe it's something where maybe the actions in public he may change our my perception before he makes content maybe he does things with chris rock or they forgive and forget or maybe not forget but just move on and yeah maybe that happens so too early to tell um, because I can still hear the slap. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe a year from now, it, things can change completely and Will Smith does an apology tour and we all forgive him for it. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Eddie. I mean, like whenever I hear Will Smith, I, that's my, my immediately first thought is that, the slap. But I mean, it, it even takes precedence over his whole body of work. But that being said, his body of work up until that point was amazing and really great. In fact, yeah. uh, I, I picked Men in Black because I think of all his uh, summer blockbusters, I think that one's my favorite. Nice. Uh, in fact, for a while, he was kind of known as like the king of the 4th of July weekend because he would just have those, yeah. like you know, massive hit after massive hit. Um, Men in Black also is based off of a comic book series, which is uh, really cool. It was published. Uh, see here are my notes. Uh, um what was the, the publisher uh oh uh, our sale comics i'd never heard of them before uh Maybe but apparently they were bought out by uh uh mirage okay and then mirage was uh, uh bought out by marvel in fact if you actually look at the the opening credits of the movie it says it's based off a of marvel comic book even though technically that's a little bit of a lie it was it wasn't published by marvel at the time yeah. But I guess Marvel had owned the company that had eventually published them. They probably did like a re-release of the original content under Marvel to then say, hey, it's a Marvel thing. Yeah. They've, I, they've done that. They've just to kind of erase the, the, the previous name. Like, oh, yeah, 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 you were there, sort of. 
Oh, actually, I made a, a mistake. Actually, the secondary comic book publisher that had purchased them was Malibu, and then Malibu was purchased by Marvel. Oh, okay. okay, but uh, yeah, first released July second, nineteen ninety seven. Score by Danny Elfman, who does tons of really great musical scores for the movie. Uh, a couple of fun facts about that movie too: uh, Chris O'Donnell and David Schwimmer were both actually uh, for front runners to play Agent J before Will Smith was cast. Wow. Uh, but then, I the, not the... even imagine <laughs> Chris O'Donnell, Robin. Yeah, <laughs> remember that's our Robin people. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> he could have been the guy flying the ships, or, or uh, Ross from Friends. <laughs> yeah, he, oh my god! Imagine my wife's Ross a huge fan of Friends. The like, she would have loved that if Ross had took in the role, even though she does like Will Smith too. <laughs> you know, maybe Ross could have been in it. I'm gonna call him Ross. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he could have been in it like as like a side character. He could have been good as like a like a number three, number two. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I guess apparently, according to the notes uh, that I have here, uh, it was at the behest of Steven Spielberg's wife, who he served as an executive producer on the movie, and the director uh, Sonnenfeld. Uh, their their wives had actually suggested and pushed for Will Smith. And what's interesting, I think, is that Will Smith was actually casted and he filmed his roles before Independence Day. So this would have been like you know, the the spring of 1996. So I'm sure the executives at Sony were just absolutely ecstatic over the idea of like, you know, Independence Day breaking the box office records and they saying, hey, we got this kid up for another movie next summer. So that must have been pretty exciting. Imagine. I mean, this guy. Yeah, he was the king of summer movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith won a Grammy for his uh, MOB uh, uh, theme song. The first Grammy he ever won by himself without uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, which is kind of cool. And then lastly, uh, the Ray-Ban, uh, Ray-Ban, the, uh, the manufacturers of the sunglasses that the MOB guys use, uh, MIB, really? sorry, MOB. yeah, I guess oh. uh, they had a, uh, they actually had a, a deal cool. in, in place with the movie to use their glasses in the movie. But I guess they took the, the logo off because they needed to like do something with the glare of the glasses. And then there was also a line where uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character was going to name drop Ray-Bans, but they took it out of the movie. Because I guess the director thought it was going to be too on the nose, as it were. And yeah. uh, so Ray-Ban kind of fought him on it. Like, you know, we, we got our product, like, you know, endorsed and promoted. But I guess Will Smith did name drop Ray-Bans in the, the theme song. And then I guess it was pu- kind of public knowledge at the time that yeah, Ray-Bans were doing the sunglasses. So even though it kind of got cut a little bit from the movie, they still did like, you know, five million in sales that summer. So I had no idea. that, that was, I thought they were just plastic glasses that they were just throwing. Oh, no, no, definitely Ray-Bans. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. I'm yeah. appreciate Ray-Bans a little better now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so I have one more movie I wanted to bring up, but uh, I want to give yeah. you a chance, Eddie. Tell me some of your uh, favorite summer movies that you've seen before. Yeah, I'll drop a quick few. Um, one of them, um, Batman Forever. Uh, I remember that one. Um, like, the first movie I ever saw was uh, Batman Returns. So now that I was an older kid, Batman Forever came out, and I mean, for the time that it was, right? Huge Jim Carrey fan. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, is like my creme of the crop. That's my movie. If I were to be lost on an island with a movie for us in my life, it's that movie. I, I can watch that every day. Yeah. So, like, to, like, Tommy Lee Jones. And it's, I mean, the overall cast was just solid. I just remember going to, to watch that movie. Like, I was, I was just so having fun with it. It was such a fun movie as a kid, you know, it was like at the right time where it's all believable. You're not 
we're not older adults where we can look at it and critique it like, you stop it. That's, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, so I got to appreciate it with innocent eyes. It was really nice. I, that, that movie really stands out. And I'll be honest with you, I ain't never heard of Seal. <laughs> and dude, imagine like you're a kid rock playing that song. You're like, woo, kids by your friends. And, you know, <laughs> whatever, dude. Uh, no one has school knew what the hell I was singing about, but hey, I was rocking it. I, I, I heard that. That was an awesome theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic Park. So that movie just, that movie was the reason why I gained two big crates of toys. Mm-hmm. Like all the dinosaur toys that have come from that movie alone littered my room because that movie was so believable to me. Like, I I don't know, maybe passively I thought, yeah, this is not real. There's, dinosaurs don't exist. But then you see it and then for, what, an hour and a half, two hours, I believe dinosaurs could exist. Mm-hmm. No, right now. Like right now there could be one down the street, mm-hmm. you know, that clever girl thing. It's like, I never saw bushes the same for like a year. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, how go seek sucks right now. Like, it's going to be a, like a little click, click sound and I'm going to get dragged. So it's like, I love that movie because of how it, the imagination of that movie just really allowed me to feel creative as a kid. It just really like inspired me to just like, you know, when, when you have Legos or whatever, it just made me feel like I can create things. And it, it was such a beautiful avenue and it changed the game. I mean, graphics to sound design. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think every movie always wanted to replicate that that feel. And then, you know, you get John Williams and I mean, come on, like, what more do you want? You know, it's a, it's a Spielberg-esque type movie. Like, oh, yeah, great. absolutely. You know, so that was another one. Um. I'll leave it at those for now because, okay. uh, yeah, I don't want to drag it too much. Okay, sounds good. So one more that I wanted to bring up, which, I mean, uh, there's so many great summer movies to pick. I mean, I agree with your picks as well. Uh, for me, what I would pick is maybe one of my all-time favorite movies and maybe just the absolute perfect summertime movie, in my opinion, is uh, the very first Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, The Curse of the Black Oh, Girl. Yeah, absolutely great. loved love that movie. That movie All was so movie. great. I saw it maybe like five or six times in the theater that summer in yes. 2003. Uh, came out July 9, 2003. So actually coming up uh, next year, uh, the 20th anniversary of that movie, which is kind of crazy. 20 years? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just aged me. <laughs> oh, my God. 20 but, uh, years? I cannot believe it's been 20 years. Yeah, so many wow. fascinating facts about that movie, too, that uh, the musical score was was done by a gentleman named Klaus Baudet. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name, his name correctly either, but uh, the musical score, I think, makes that movie. That movie is so... I mean, I can hear it right now playing in my yeah. head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, who's done, you know, uh, whether it's good or bad, you know, we mentioned some of the Transformer movies maybe not being so good, but whatever <laughs> he touches, Jerry Bruckheimer movies just seem to make money. <laughs> yeah. But Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, especially the first one, is definitely in the side of being really, really good. Uh, the very first uh, Disney PG-13 movie, which is kind of interesting. How Really? You know, I did not the... know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. It is it kind of interesting that we, yeah, <laughs> we, we look back from how you mentioned that uh, that Disney would, like, you know, kind of separate some of the more uh, mature adult stuff. So for a while, you know, Disney had used other studio names like Touchstone and Miramax, which they owned uh, for a while. 
to kind of produce those more like uh, edgier, like rated R, sometimes darker PG-13 movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, first PG-13 movie under the Disney wow. umbrella, which is kind of cool. Um, hey, pirate theme movies. <laughs> pirate theme movies had kind of done poorly up until that point. I mean, there was the Gina Davis movie Cutthroat Island, which was back in the 90s, which kind of bombed in the theater. So yeah. I can understand hesitation of like, you know, studios wanting to do a pirate theme movie. Right, uh, right, right. And then one one fact that's kind of well known, I think most people know this, that uh, uh, Johnny Depp had uh, uh, patterned uh, patterned the character of Jack Sparrow off of uh, Keith Richards, the, the guitarist for the Rolling Stones, yes. like his whole mannerisms and everything, yes. which I still think is really funny. In fact, uh, Johnny Depp definitely steals the show uh, as Jack Sparrow in that movie. My, my wife you, probably would love me for saying that. <laughs> hey, did you know, uh, I, I, maybe I'm sure you've heard of it, where he, before... Between in the promo, so they've already filmed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? So every yeah. time he was in um, uh, done with filming his part of the movie, between um, the finishing touches and release, he would go to Disneyland and actually be one of the pirates, and actually act oh, yeah. as Jack Sparrow. So they would re- he would just appear as like this Easter egg. Mm-hmm. So if you're lucky enough on that day, he would literally be there for like three hours, just acting as Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Awesome. <laughs> when I first heard that, I couldn't believe it. And little fun fact I'll just throw out back at you, sir. Uh-huh. I did not know that the release, the red carpet release of Pirates of the Caribbean was on the same day that I was at Disneyland with my family. Oh, awesome. So Very cool. When we were leaving, uh, like, uh, was it Toontown? It was like, uh, yeah, I think that was the one. Uh, we were, we're going to the center spot towards the castle mm-hmm. and then a lot of people were getting diverted and we were like well what's going on because it started like lining up a bunch of stuff I guess they were cleaning up like crazy and it was barely like six o'clock and we're like what's going on and as we get to this the, the center downtown towards the exit it was all already like red carpeted out and barricaded so they were asking people that were going to leave the park to go ahead and just keep you know use the sidewalks don't go down the the middle because they're packing it up and i just remember like standing at the one of the barricades i'm like what's going on i'm seeing cameras being set up and this was like all quick in like 30 minutes Mm -hmm. you know like white screens being thrown up i guess for the cameras not to reflect and like all this stuff next thing you know like i i I just asked like someone that was there and i remember he's like oh the premieres tonight what premiere like what are you talking about because I was, I didn't know, I didn't like, wasn't in it like now movies where I'd watch every trailer and know when they're coming out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what's going, what movie? Pirates of the Caribbean. What's that? Like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, you should stay here, he said. And I'm like, okay, like, I'll stay here. <laughs> and then my family from Mexico, they were like kind of coming up. I'm like, hey, I called them over. Like, hey, they just said to stay here. And then I'm like, is the right carpet? Is there like the, are there going to be like actors? Yeah, they're all coming. What? And then literally 20 minutes after that little self-discovery, everyone comes through. Like all the major stars, people I've never seen but before, some I've recognized maybe from TV or whatever. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then uh, Orlando Bloom, I shook his hand. Oh, very cool. Day. For those uh-huh. who know what I'm about to say, you're going to laugh when you hear this. Orlando Bloom, to this day, I don't like him. Why? Oh. <laughs> because... No, I, I love him as an actor, but yeah. he gave me a handshake as if 
he pinched my hand instead of a handshake because I was like, oh, Orlando Bloom, Legolas, you know? And then he pinched my hand like, ill. <laughs> and I'm like, and he just moved on. I'm like, did he, what was that? Like, to this day, I'm, I always knock him from like, oh, he never shook my hand. Like, he, he pinched my like index finger. Like, oh, horrible. <laughs> but other than that, it, it, that was uh, my introduction to, oh my, Isaac Raven. They, they had the premiere right there by the, by the boat. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I see the movie in theaters. And I mean, like you, man, like that movie was just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely one oh, of my no, all-time I saw favorites. It this year, like probably twice already. Oh, very cool. Like just talking about it makes me want to watch it again. So I'll probably talk to my wife and let's watch all five movies again. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like any of the, the later ones? Yeah, the later you, ones, uh, I, yeah, I did enjoy two. I thought they were good. Yeah, they, they, they were pretty good. But I mean, I, I you can't top the first one. The first one's just perfect. Yeah, that was untouchable. for. Yeah, the the casting. I mean, because Johnny Depp's just perfect as Jack Sparrow. Um, uh, Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley are great in their roles. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is great as the villain, and even kind of the smaller side characters like Mr. Gibbs. I thought he was really cool and really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone had a good. They all had their their moments. Whether it's five minutes, two minutes, ten minutes, they all had like their moment of shine, and the chemistry just felt so right in that first one. Yeah, you see it. Yeah. So it's definitely one of my all-time favorite uh, summer blockbuster movies. I mean, there's so many great ones to pick. In fact, even this summer. That's a uh, solid one. Yeah. (laughs) That's in your top 10 ever. It's a good one. It's a good spot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Do you have any more that you wanted to bring up? Oh, man. Uh, See, I was actually going to just ask you something. What is your favorite sequel to a favorite franchise of yours? Because it's really hard for the second movie to be as good or even better mm-hmm. than the first. Do you have a movie that's like, wow, I can still watch that movie nonstop and it's part two? Uh, you know, there's a few that come to mind, actually. And some people may think I'm crazy for some of my picks, but I'll just go ahead and just send, send them out right hey, now. Since it's all we're talking subjective. About Art is subjective, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I personally think that Back to the Future Part 2 is actually more enjoyable than the first one. Even though I love all three, I think actually Part 2 is my favorite one of the trilogy. Why? Like, what about it? Like, what um, I, I love the whole concept of how they perceive 2015 to be. I mean, they were <laughs> oh, yeah. off, but... Uh, they were almost <laughs> right with the Cubs winning the World Series. They were just off by yeah. media, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. They almost <laughs> uh, had the Simpsons effect. Yeah, the, the musical score in all three movies are great, but then also just the the concept of like uh, how they have to fix the past and then like the, the idea that Marty McFly would want to try and get rich by doing that scheme. And I, I think when I was younger, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Try and make We'd money. We'd all go if Bitcoin, I yeah. sir. We'd all go yeah. Bitcoin and, and, and dump it all out like three years ago. Yeah, so just taking all the concepts that they used in the first one with like, yeah. you know, he's he's performing on stage, Johnny Be Good, but then he's got to stop the bullies from, uh, you know, knocking out his his uh, current, his former self, not his current self. Right. And then um, the, the whole sequence with <clears throat> Biff just being just like how villainous he can be, which actually yeah. is kind of cool to see that too. Uh, and then looking at the first one from a different perspective because all the different shots they show you. And then right. just the way it ends, the cliffhanger ending, I thought was just fantastic and great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Back to the Future 2 is my favorite of the trilogy, for sure. Any other ones? Uh, the other ones that come to mind, uh, Empire Strikes Back. I think there's a lot of reasons why you can think that's uh, better than uh, A New Hope, even though A New Hope is definitely a classic. Yeah. Um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I think that one was fantastic nice. as well. That's probably my favorite was... MCU movie. So Yeah. 
that's my favorite um, one of, of the actually it's it's still in my top five but the top five gets very difficult these days in the mcu yeah but that one still battles it out in my top five yeah yeah and then the other one that kind of comes to mind is again i saw this movie so many times in theaters as well like lord of the rings the two towers i actually thought that was even more enjoyable than fellowship of the ring but uh the fellowship's also great so yeah, yeah those will be my picks because you're already in it you know you already know the journey now you're there you're in the middle yeah. of it all and the build up to the climax but it's like you're you're dealing with sauron and sauron and and all the all the just different uh races just just like kind of joining and picking their sides you know it's like it's really nice no yeah for sure for sure do you have any that come to your mind then uh sequels that you enjoy more than the originals oh um i mean you you, you snagged one for me already so I'll, <laughs> I'll go um terminator 2 oh okay yeah yeah i think um it's almost safe to say that's kind of the terminator there is no other I really like the first one. I like the first one because of the risk they took of the concept of going back in time to erase the future, to change the future. It's like a reverse, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, it really does such kind of like uh, back to the future, but like, I mean, you're dealing with like, this is like the first time where you deal with like some, like a machine and the advancement. So when the second one came, I mean, God, like, everything about it man like just the bad guy becoming a hero but he was never either one to begin with you know and i really love the the message and it kind of touches like kind of like superman where sarah connor i remember she says at the end of the movie right she you know how she'll kind of like have these little like uh commentaries monologue moments where she'll kind of talk about the moment and she's, I remember she says this one part where it's like, uh, oh, it's in the middle of the movie where uh, she gets saved and broken out from the, the mental institution. And she's looking at the Terminator who never sleeps because it's a machine. Mm -hmm. And she talks about it like, this is the closest thing to a father that John has. It doesn't yell at him. It doesn't punish him. It doesn't do anything. It just wants to protect him the way. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is, is like, that's what like a human should be doing. Why is it that this program who's copying to be human is being a better human than a human in terms of the ideal person in your life, right? And that's yeah. really what Superman is too. And I really like that because Superman's like, Superman is like the perfect human because he tries so hard to not be found. So he becomes his, he's nice because of his parents, like they raise him right, but like, He's the perfect human in terms of what humans really can be for each other. And that's what's amazing about Superman, like Clark Kent and all that. Mm -hmm. And that's also his weakness, right? So it's like that. And that's why I really like that because I, I, I found that little like, oh, it, it reminds me of Superman a little bit. I like that. So I really took a lot from that one. So there's one for you right there. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very good. Very good. Uh, anything else with uh, summer movies that you wanted to bring up? Like uh, even like current ones, like what, what I've heard is that Top Gun Maverick is the summer movie to watch this summer. Haven't had a chance to see oh, it yet man. myself, but. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been encouraged to watch it. I've, I gotta watch it. I, I'm being stubborn. I guess I just haven't gone yet, but I've heard that uh, this is, and also it's a sequel. So I guess that's a nice transition. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> 
it's re- it really does hold up. It's really a solid movie. I mean, what didn't it make over a billion dollars already? Yeah, it's actually the the highest grossing uh, Paramount movie. Uh, first Tom Cruise's bill- highest grossing movie. First billion dollar non Disney related movie or comic book movie, non DC movie in years. Yeah, at least, at least since uh, since the pandemic started. So <laughs> or since what? Maybe since Fast and Furious. I think that. I think so. Oh, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. Or yeah. Jurassic Park, one of those. But like. Yeah. But it's wild, like that '80s movie. It came out in the late '80s, right? Yeah, '86 was the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone was like '86 or '87. So it was like, it really holds up. I mean, why not? So I, it's something I gotta watch. I, I I definitely gotta watch it. I think someone that's gonna hear this episode is gonna start laughing because they know (laughs) how stubborn I've been. So you know who you are. Yeah. Very yeah. cool, man. So well, thanks for giving me the time tonight, Eddie. I definitely love of chatting. Of course, man. It's news always fun to out. get into the, yeah. the, the, I call it the Nativerse. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in your universe with everything goes down here. So it's always a pleasure to spend time and just talk about whatever. Oh, awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, so summer blockbusters are really cool. So for everybody, I mean, make your way out to the theaters the, the few weeks of summer we have left. And yeah, looking forward to what the future holds. So it's the cool thing that each and every summer, there's always something cool to watch. Yes, the movie experience cannot be beat in theaters. There's the seats, the sharing, the community. We all laugh. You and 100 people laugh at the same thing, gas at the same thing. You're not going to get that anywhere else with quality Dolby sound if you go to one. I mean, what more do you want? And it's the best. It's the best feeling. I hope that never disappears. Yeah, I hope so too. So I'm, I'm hopeful and confident, or at least hopeful, yeah, that movie theaters will be around for many years to come. Yes. Uh, great. Well, okay. Well, Eddie, thank you so much for joining tonight on this episode of the Casting Point Podcast. And it's been fun chatting with you. Yeah, same as you, man. On to the next one. Okay. Thanks, Eddie. Have a good night. Bye.